The Lord is my shepherd. It's the beginning of one of the most, if not the most, familiar passages of the entire Bible. Have you ever stopped to think about the amazing claim that David was making when he likened the God of Israel to a shepherd? David would have known, because he was one, that shepherds live with their sheep. The rain, the cold, the sun, the heat, the wind, they experience it all because they live among those that they lead. Peter picks up that analogy in the New Testament and he says that Christ has become the, the great shepherd and guardian of our souls. Jesus said, I'm a good shepherd. I'm the good shepherd and I give my life for the sheep. Let's learn today that no matter what we need, provision, protection, direction, our shepherd can be trusted. Thank you for joining us today at All Into United. John chapter 10, Jesus is speaking, and in verse 11 he says, I'm the good shepherd. Good shepherd lies down his life, he lays down his life for the sheep. But he who is a hired hand, and not a shepherd who does not own the sheep sees a wolf coming and leaves the sheep and runs away. Here Jesus shows us that commitment and ownership are related. He said, I'm the good sheep. I'm the good sheep. So the wolf catches the sheep and he scatters them if they're under the care of a hired hand. Hired hand runs away because he's a hired hand. He does not care about the sheep. But look at the contrast that Jesus shows in verse 14. He says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd. He said, I, I, I know my sheep and I am known. I am known of them. I'm known by my own. I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. I'm the good shepherd. I know who my own are. Aren't you thankful today that you don't serve a hired hand? You don't serve a rental God. You're not serving a little tin God. But the author of this universe is your good shepherd. And then turning to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24. I'm going to pick up um, what we call the, the B portion of that, um, of that verse. He bore his, our, our sins of the body of the tree. By his wounds... You were healed. In this entire section of the latter part of the second chapter, Peter is quoting extensively from the Jewish version, the Greek version of Isaiah 53, what we call the Septuagint. And he's quoting the Septuagint here in Isaiah 53 of the suffering servant, the one who suffers. It's, it's interesting that we, we draw this parallel because Jesus talks about a hired hand who doesn't want to suffer. And he talks about someone who's intimately connected as a shepherd. But then Peter talks about the person who had a job to do who suffers, and that is the one who's willing to suffer. By his wounds, you're healed. That's a direct quotation from Isaiah 53, a prophecy of Jesus. And then he quotes Isaiah 53, 6, For you as sheep were going astray. You were going astray, but now you have been returned to the shepherd and the guardian 
of your souls. You don't have to lift a hand today. You don't have to send me a text if you're listening to the podcast. But if you're honest, I think all of us could endorse today that from times past we have gone astray. There have been times when we've wandered. There have been times when we've not only gotten close to the boundary, but we've overstepped the boundary, and we've sometimes been in trouble because of our wandering. Peter reminds us that there's a good shepherd. He lived with him for three years, and then he served him for three decades. And now, for two millennia, he has been in his presence eternally. If Peter could step to this pulpit today, he would say to you one thing. He would say, our shepherd can be trusted. Our shepherd can be trusted. I pray, Lord, now for all those who are under the sound of my voice through direct or electronic means. I pray for each person today to receive the confidence from your word that you can be trusted to shepherd us. And I pray that not only would we receive confidence, but that we would receive courage to be obedient to your voice that we might be saved. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Probably the most familiar portion of Scripture in our entire Bible that exists is a prayer. It's a devotional prayer, Brother Mullins, and we know it as the 23rd Psalm. If I began to quote it, you probably could help me with it. The Lord is my shepherd, says the congregation. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the day. We, we can quote this scripture often even in films if you see people that are, are ending their lives a minister will stand close to them and begin to recite this 23rd Psalm. There's something comforting about the, the eternal words that David penned about his shepherd. It, it, it just seems to, uh, many of you probably have been to, to funerals in real life and you're standing there beside that grave, and while a family is grieving the loss of fellowship with a loved one, even if that person died in faith, there's grieving and, and there's sorrow and there's tears, and, and we see that in the New Testament with the death of, of Dorcas. It's not, it's not unchristian to sorrow when we lose temporary fellowship. But standing there, often a minister will recite this psalm because there's something innately comforting about those words. It's intimately personal 17 pronouns they're all personal and they're all singular he's my shepherd i shall not want he makes me to lie down it's 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 a it's a it's an intimate gospel if you will of our shepherd but as david penned those words it strikes me today that he was pinning prophecy not necessarily lived experience because david never was blessed to see the physical representation of God. To David, Yahweh lived in the heavens and manifest himself in the Ark of the Covenant, but David could never point to a day when God had been tangible, if you will, that God had been touchable, if I can use that as an adjective. But David said, the Lord is my shepherd. Here's what's so profound about that Old Testament claim or description of God. Because you need to understand a little bit about Near Eastern culture to understand the shocking statement that David made about the Lord. By saying, He's my shepherd, the reason it was prophetic is that shepherds in Judea didn't just go to the job and then return. 
Shepherds in Judea lived among their sheep. They stayed with them moment after moment. If it rained on the sheep, it rained on the shepherd. If it was cold on the sheep, it was cold to the shepherd. If the sun was beating down and it was dry, it was beating down and there was drought for the shepherd. If the sheep thirsted, the shepherd thirsted. Because the experience of the sheep was the experience of the shepherd because he cohabitated with his flock. When David said, the Lord is my shepherd, he's making a faith statement that God is intimately with me and desires to live with me. Shepherds cared for their sheep by living with them throughout the grazing season. Again, sun, wind, cold, heat, and rain. The shepherds were right there for all of it. It was not a job that you checked into and checked out of. It was a job that you lived. To be a shepherd was to be vocational, not career-minded or instrumental. You didn't go to shepherding school and get your degree and say, okay, now I want a nice benefits package. When you lived as a shepherd, you lived among your sheep. And that's the statement that, that David was making about his God. How amazing then by the miracle of the incarnation that Jesus stands and tells his people, he said, I am the good shepherd. He wasn't just using an empty analogy that they couldn't relate to. When he spoke of his shepherding to them, what he communicated to them was that he as God was living among them. He was tying this Old Testament statement of David's to his reality as God incarnate and saying, I am now living among you. It was a difficult job. Shepherding was a difficult job. You know, it's, it's, it's just amazing to me how God chose to come to this earth. No, no, no fanfare at Caesarea by the sea, that, that beautiful palace by the sea where, where the, the Roman rulers were wont to hang out. He didn't even start at the temple where all of the Jerusalem's uh, elite religious people would be expecting him to make an appearance. But he starts, he starts among the people and before the night is over, the very first people to find out about it, besides his family, were the shepherds. And there's the shepherds, and they come, and <laughs> it's, this is a family sermon here, but shepherds didn't exactly smell like roses. They smelled like sheep. And, you know, that's, there are a lot of lessons to be drawn from that in terms of spiritual leadership. But they, they come, and they come see the baby, but... You know, you don't see Mary wrinkling up her nose and saying, oh my goodness, what is that smell? Because Mary was already in the thick of it, as it were. And the shepherds are right at home in Jesus' realm. Because Jesus, from the very beginning, determined to show us that Emmanuel, God with us, means that God is with us not just in our finest, not when we're ready for the prom or not when we have our, our hair just so and not just when all the kids, you know, you've used all the mama spit you can to get all the, all the hairs in place and all the things. And not just when your, your tie is just tied just right or not just when your car has been newly 
uh, gone through Zip's car wash and it looks great and you vacuumed it out and you know you're one of the good people of the world and your lawn is all taken care of, God came to visit us where it counts. And he didn't rely on an easy job, but he was willing to do what was needed. God can be trusted as a shepherd. Christ is worthy of our fellowship. He is a worthy shepherd. That's my simple point I want to get across to you today. And I, I, I wish I had such wonderful oratory that it would ring in your ears. And all week long you would say, oh, how that was presented and how wonderful it is. But if you can remember this simple message today, you need a shepherd. And he can be counted on to be the shepherd that you need. He wants to live with you. God, yes, is above us. Yes, we live and move and we have our being in him and he is the ground of being and he is in that sense beneath us as a foundation. But I want to tell you, not only is God above us and not only is he the foundation beneath us, but God is the shepherd that has come to live with us. Sheep need three things. Sheep need three things. Number one, they require protection. In nature, things that taste good tend to be nervous and fast. <laughs> because nature, as the poet said, is red and tooth and claw. Sheep are neither. They're not fast. And they're not nervous. I have taken care of horses. I have taken care of dogs. I have taken care of cattle. I have taken care of pigs. And that is how I determined not to be a prodigal son. Because that is a job all on its own. I've taken care of quail. And I've taken care of, uh, well, I've got chickens now, but not professionally. The chickens are an amateur job. But professionally, I have taken care of those four types of animals. And I've taken care of sheep. Sheep are the only one that are as slow and trusting as they are. All those other animals, they know how to defend themselves. They know how to, to get away. They know how to, to do, you know, I've been kicked by a horse. I've been trampled and and scooted back against the wall by hundreds of pigs. We'll talk about that. That was talking about the shepherd showing up. And all this stuff that's happened to me, I've, 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 uh, I've been bitten by dogs. Uh, oh, but sheep, I've never been injured by sheep. They're just kind of innocent. They just kind of do what they do. They're not very sly. Now, I'm not trying to insult you all today, but it was Christ who compared his flock to sheep. Okay? We need protection. We need protection. There were three apex predators in David's world when he said, the Lord is my shepherd. Lions, bears, and wolves. Oh my. Lions, bears, and wolves. It is foolish for a sheep to go up against a lion. He's going to lose. Hope you like leg of lamb. Because it's not going to work if, if a sheep goes up against a bear or a sheep goes up against a wolf. I'm not trying to be overly simplistic today. What I mean to tell you is you need protection. There are spirits and forces in this world that are above your pay grade. And I don't mean to insult you. I just mean to inform you today that the enemy hates the image of God that you bear. And just by being created by God, Satan wants to destroy you. But if you have named the name of Jesus, it's like there's a phosphorescent glow about you that the enemy that hates Christ wants to tear you down. He wants to tear you apart. And you need protection today. 
hired hands will run off and abandon the sheep, but a real shepherd will stay and defend his flock. In our text today, Jesus declared his job description and he told us what kind of shepherd he was and he told us what kind of shepherd he is. He has faced the predator. He has conquered the enemy. And my Bible says that that same God of peace will place Satan to be bruised under our feet shortly. I am proud to report to you today that as a sheep of the flock of Christ, I have never been abandoned by my shepherd. I have never called on his name when he said I'm too busy or the fight is too embarrassing or this is too much for me. I have never presented a case to God and felt that God was scratching his head going, oh my Lord, I don't know what I'll do now. No, he's never told me that. Gloria, he's always been there for me because Jesus doesn't run away when it gets bad. He runs to us when it gets bad because he's a worthy shepherd. He's not a hired hand. He said, no one can pluck them out of my hand. No one. I've got a strong statement of consolation for you today. There is no enemy that you can face that can take you out of the hands of Jesus Christ. You have to do that yourself. There's no devil in hell that can cause you to backslide. There's no evil enemy spirit that can pluck you out of Christ's hand if you determine that you are going to make him your shepherd. How many want him to be your shepherd today? Shepherds require protection. Uh, sheep require protection. But sheep also require provision. And again, I don't mean to insult you today, but sheep are not smart enough to fend for themselves. I, 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 not domesticated sheep. I, I, don't, I don't mean to, to, to be unkind here. I know even in our political discourse, you know, sheep do this and sheep do that. Let me tell you something. One of the reasons why that we're so careful about wanting to, to preach the true word of God and not just give a TED talk or an inspirational speech is that, is that lectures don't save, but the word of God saves. And, and, and I take very seriously the responsibility to bring the word of God every week in order that sheep can be fed because we need provision and it takes the word of God to feed us. I, I, I don't mean to... To, to necessarily upset your apple cart today, but whatever whatever inspirational host you look to, whether that's Oprah or Ted Turner or Mr. Obama or uh, I, I don't know who's popular these days, but it's not it nothing compares to the Word of God. There's no inspiration that's going to to feed your soul like the Word of God. Sheep need provision, and we need to take of our shepherd's food. Don't be deceived now by internet pictures of green fields surrounding sheep as far as the eye can see. That's England. That's Scotland. That's not Judea. Judea sat on a plateau land halfway between a wilderness on one side and mountains on the other side, and there was barrenness in between. It doesn't rain from May to mid-October. There are long months in the year, Sheila, when water's just not available unless you know exactly where to look for it. And if you wander off looking for water and you're a sheep, you can wind up trapped in the wilderness or you can fall down the mountain. I thank God that as my shepherd, I have never 
called out to him and said, I'm weak. I need the water of the Spirit. I need sustenance for today. I've never found that my shepherd didn't know where to lead me that day to still waters and to green pasture. I'm going to tell you that your education is not enough, Mr. Sheep. Your family's not going to be enough, Mrs. Sheep. Your, your education, your job, your career, your 401k, whatever you feel can provide for you, it's not enough in this world, but my Savior is enough. If you will trust Jesus Christ for your provision, you will find food for your soul. Sheep in Judea can't just wander around and find pasture. They have to be led. Sheep require protection. Sheep require provision. And sheep require direction. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. You want to know if you're a goat or if you're a sheep? Do you know his voice? Can you be led and can you be fed? Or you're like a goat and you'll eat anything. Some people are just waiting for the next meme to pop up on their timeline, and that's what they're going to take their inspiration for from today. No, sheep know where to follow the shepherd to be fed what he wants them to be fed with. And sheep know how to be led. Uh, you don't have to drive a sheep. That's one thing I noticed. When we were moving pigs from one place to another, we, I don't even want to tell you how difficult it was. I cannot... It, after the service, I'll tell you some of the methods that we used. Because pigs are so stubborn. They are some of the most stubborn animals God ever made. A horse, if it makes up its mind to stay where it's going to be, you've got 1,100 pounds of problem on your hands. <laughs> and, and, and I have, I have, I have seen and, and, and they just bow up their feet, and, and you're done. You've just got to, you've got to get the oats and hope because they're just so stubborn. And so big. But sheep... All you got to do is take a bucket of feed and they'll follow you to hell and back because they just naturally follow. I don't want to have to be driven by the Spirit. I want to be led by the Spirit because of my Bible says those that are the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. I want to be led by Jesus. Do you know the voice of the Lord? How much time do you spend with Him? How much time do you spend in His Word? Do you follow the voice of the Lord. What's a picture of your soul today? Are you more goat-like or are you more sheep-like? If you're spending more time lowering your head, butting things around, and less time following the voice of the shepherd, then praise the Lord, this sermon is for you. <laughs> it's for all of us. It's for all of us. I believe I'm looking at a bunch of people who want to follow the shepherd today. But I also believe I'm looking at some people that have some goat-like qualities. We all do. Every now and then, we want to lower our head and just butt our way through the situation. And, you know, that's a bad thing to do. You, you knew that joke was coming. I have been told. I've never seen this, but I've been told. And I have a good friend, who, a reliable friend, who told me he has seen this. He's gone to the market in the, the, the Holy Land to a sheep market, and all these flocks come in, and they don't have tags on their ears. They don't have punches. They don't have brands. They don't have markings on them to tell which sheep belong to who and all that stuff, and they just, they all mix in the market, and here they are, and they're drinking water, and they're grazing on their food and all that stuff, and, and all these different flocks are intermingled, 
And all day long, they trade, and they do this, and they talk, and they gossip, or whatever it is shepherds do. And then at the end of the day, my friend said, it was amazing. He said, they don't, they don't get aboard and drive them and move them. Or, there's no electric sheep prods. There's not even such a thing. There's an electric cow prod. You know, but there's no electric sheep prod. Look it up. And so they just, they, 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 they leave the marketplace and every shepherd starts singing. They start calling out. And every sheep that belongs to that shepherd follows that shepherd. Now, Scott, I can tell you who you belong to if you'll show me who you listen to. If you obey his voice, you belong to him. It goes two ways. You rejoice when I told you that Jesus owns the sheep and he'll never abandon you. But can I challenge you today? If you truly belong to Jesus, you're never going to not follow his voice. Even if he goes to a place you don't understand. That's why the scripture says, follow peace and follow holiness. Who's the Prince of Peace? Jesus Christ. Who's the Holy One of Israel? He's manifest as Jesus Christ. And we need to follow him even if it means we can't lean on our own understanding. Stand with me today. The predator has a plan for every sheep. He's got a plan. He wants to isolate you from the flock. He wants you to stay home. He wants you to get mad at me. If he can't get you to get mad at me, he'll try to get you mad at my wife. He loves doing that. Every church, you know, he just does it. Or if he won't get mad at Janet because she's pretty sweet, he'll get you mad at Jim. He'll, you know, Jim will be sitting there and he's got a toothache. He's looking like this or something. And you'll be thinking, Jim looked at me funny for three Sundays in a row. And he just, you know, his dentist is booked up, you know. That's how the devil works. Somebody, somebody's got a little reflux. And sister so-and-so looks at sister so-and-so. Well, she hates me. She's always hated me. That's how the devil works. He wants to isolate sheep from each other because our protection is in staying together and staying with our shepherd. He wants to isolate you from the shepherd. He wants you to think, he wants you to believe that lie. If you've seen that meme that says you are enough, every time you see that on your phone, you ought to hit delete, 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 delete. Because if you believe you're enough, I don't have to teach you anything. Life will teach you soon enough. You're not enough. I'm trying to downgrade you today. I'm just saying that we need a shepherd. What sheep ever wandered out and said, I'm big and bad enough to take on every wolf, every bear. You little lions come, you know, big lions come one at a time, little lions come as often as you want. That's stupid. But with Christ, there's no enemy that's a match for you. When the shepherd's standing behind you, you can face any challenge. He knows where the water is. He knows where the green grass is. And when he gets out his staff and his sling and his stone, every enemy has to flee. Enemy wants you to think you can protect yourself and abandon the protection of the shepherd. But our Lord said, I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. Do not, not even your own morality can protect you. Don't fool yourself, Jay. You don't have a good career because you're moral. You've got a good career because God blessed you. I know you studied. I know you work hard. You, you understand where I'm coming from. But it's his protection that gives us what we need. Once you rely on your own provision, you're enough. <laughs> you're not. He's more than enough. And finally, finally, if you're with the flock and 
you listen to the shepherd. What he'd love to do is to get you to follow your own lead. Oh, that's a favorite tactic. Favorite tactic. Follow your heart, she said. You are stupid, I said. That's not a very theological correct thing to say. Let me tell you this. Let me say it this way. Jeremiah 17, 9, the heart is deceitfully wicked, desperately wicked. Who can know it? Please don't follow your heart. Please follow his voice. Please follow his voice. Some of the dumbest things I've ever done is followed what I thought was right and not reading this word to see what he had to say about it. Not bowing my knees and using these ears to listen to his voice and what he had to say about it. Because the shepherd will never read you wrong. He will never lead you down the wrong path. It's a fool's errand to follow yourself. But if you follow him, never be lost. Wish everybody would listen today. I wish I'd never have a counseling session where one of you precious people looked at me and said, I wish I hadn't said that. I wish I hadn't done it. I wish I'd done things differently. I wish I could get the years back. I wish I had a time machine. I wish, I wish, I wish every one of those sentences I've ever heard in some shape, form, or fashion started with not trusting the shepherd. I'm begging you today. Remember one Sunday when my granddad just got down on his knees and he started crying. He said, I'm not preaching hard because I hate you. I'm preaching hard because I love you. I'm begging you today to trust the shepherd because he can be trusted. I won't always have the right answer for you, but he's always got the right answer. I won't always know when you need extra prayer. If I'm spiritual, he'll tell me. Sometimes I'll miss it. Sometimes I won't text. Sometimes I won't call. I'm just human. But he'll never fail you. I won't always have everything together. But you can look at him as long and as hard and as closely as you want to. And all you'll ever see is a shepherd who got close enough to bleed. Got close enough to die. He rose again in power, victorious over every enemy. I'm telling you today, he can be trusted with your life. He can be trusted with your family. He can be trusted with your finance. He can be trusted with your soul. He can be trusted with your fears. He can be trusted with your griefs. He can be trusted with your secrets. He can be trusted with your regrets. He can be trusted with your confusion. He can be trusted with your faith. He can be trusted with your doubt. He can be trusted with your diagnosis. He can be trusted with tomorrow. Yesterday, today, because he said, I'm the good shepherd, and I give. He's the good shepherd. He's the chief shepherd. He has become the great shepherd of our souls. He stepped out of the heavenly realm and took on flesh that he might live among us and tabernacle with us in real time, in real space. And now through all time and all space, he exists to protect us, to provide for us, and to direct us. 
Are you willing to be led today? Are you willing to hear his voice, to acknowledge it and to obey it? That's the real question because he's already made the protection, the provision and the direction available to you and to me. Let's follow him today. He can be trusted. He is worthy of our confidence. What a shepherd that we serve. Thank you for joining us, friend, at Arlington United.